1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Head in my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the hook, right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Budgets live, not so live from the low budget live bar and grill in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And this is the podcast for Monday, July the 24th, 2023. You bunch of low lifers, low lifers, son of a guns. Appreciate each and every one of you tuning in week in and week out. There's been a bunch of people peeking through the blinds the last few weeks here without a doubt with all the crazy Cayuga controversy, but we're not going to talk about that this week. Very little anyways. We, we, we'll get to it. Some 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 fine details on it, but, uh, you know, I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't feel like anything's going to happen other than what happened to Spencer Sheffield, and, and, and we're moving on to positive things this week. That's kind of been the theme of my week, man. Positivity in a world of uh, – you know, that that's kind of corporate crazy in my life, in my, in my day job. And uh it it's there's there's just it's just like a it's like a category five hurricane at times. And this week I got to go up to Chicago for some work stuff. And while I was there though, while I was there, and this is something I used to do a lot when I was younger and traveling for business, was uh stop and smell the roses, enjoy where you're at. Go check out some things you wouldn't or, wouldn't ordinarily get to do, and that's what I did this week. I was in Chicago. Got to go to Wrigley Field, man. Wrigley Field for the old Cubbies versus Nationals game. I'm a Braves fan, you know. My my granddaddy's rolling at my daddy Richard 
rolling over in his grave. Then I went to a Cubs game and enjoyed it. Enjoyed the heck out of it, man. Such a cool atmosphere. If you've ever been to Wrigley, and so many folks that saw a post that I was there on social reached out, like, how incredible is it? It is. It is absolutely fantastic. Such a great, great place. And, uh, yeah, man, got to got to go with some good friends of mine and and experience that firsthand. And the it, it reminded me a little bit, don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger on this, but it reminded me of like an, uh, an SEC football atmosphere. It, it did. It was, it's, uh, very cool. Now, not to say the Braves, uh, you know, I went back going back to like Turner field, uh, Fulton County stadium. Even when I was a kid, Braves, Braves have a great atmosphere, but man, it was, it was really, really fun. Um, they won, got to do the celebration, just singing the Cubs song in the crowd. It was fun, man. It was a good time. And then, so I left from there, after eating all the Chicago dogs that I could eat because I'm working on my dad bod. Then I went up to uh, Appleton, Wisconsin for the MPFL. MPFL Studios up there with Fatty Cat Newton. And uh, we got to do some extracurricular good times while we were there as well. Our boys, uh, Cody Cannon and crew from Whiskey Myers, were playing with Brent Cobb, a guy I, I think the world of, super fan of. Uh, we're playing just down the road, and I say just down the road, about an hour and 40 minutes, not too far, no step for a stepper. Uh, I twisted Fat Cat's arm into going down there and seeing Whiskey Myers. He had never seen him. He's a big Whiskey Myers guy, and I'm like, dude, we got to go. So after we had been up and in the studio since 5 a.m., we left out. We drove down to Milwaukee. We went and hung with that crew down there, and uh, Cody Cannon, his tour manager, Chris, they took fantastic care of us as always. It's a great time, great hang, great show. Very cool to see them on the run they're on. And, uh, and I've been fortunate to go see them a couple times. And uh, it, look, I say it all the time. Y'all know I'm a music music nut, songwriting nut. If you are frustrated with what you hear on the radio or if you're looking for new music, there's no shortage of music that's, that's not being shoved in your face that's out there, right? Whether that be my boys, the Turnpike Troubadours, Whiskey Myers, Guys like Brent Cobb, Mike and the Moon Pies, Coulter Wall, Tyler Childers. It's out there. It's out there. And so many more. Too too many more tonight. The Steel Woods, for the love of God. Aaron Raytier. Go listen to some of this music. It's out there. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, in a world where everybody's mad at Jason Aldean for singing some dumb song that four other people wrote, and, and they're, they're trying to cancel him. It's the number one song in the country. You don't have to listen to Jason Aldean. You don't. And uh, and and for the record, I understand what they were trying to say in that song. I get it. Um, people are really offended by it. I'm just offended that Jason Aldean still has a record deal. <laughs> I've just never been a Jason Aldean. Country. She's country. Shoot. And people love it, dude. He's huge. It's bigger than anything I'll ever be in the world. That's fine. But uh, the dude doesn't write his own tunes. And uh, his little leather strap bracelets have always gotten on my nerves. So teach their own, man. Like what you like. But no, dude, that has been in my news feed on everything. That and the fact that Miranda Lambert was like, y'all can't take selfies out of my show. Can't take no pictures. I'm up here singing. You better look at me. Just getting smashed in the media. I think that's amazing. If I'm paying $70 and I want to take a damn selfie, I'm going to take it. You know, I'm going to take it for the gram, for the gram. Uh, but such a uh, fun week, man. It was uh, it was 
mostly the biggest part of the last two weeks on the road away from the fam, but uh, had some had some good times mixed in there with the work. And of course, I mean, work, right? When you, when you're talking about being in the MPFL Live Studios of Fat Cat, that's it's it's a long day, but it's so much fun getting to do that. I'm so grateful for that opportunity. I'm also grateful for the sponsors that make this all possible. We're going to run through them real fast, like Star Trying Star Bright, Star Trying Kicking Ethanol in the Teeth, Star Bright. Keeping you looking clean during Starbright season. That's a thing now. Who knew? Uh, you can clean your boat and truck. If somebody would like to come do that for me, then mine might be clean for once. Uh, Startron, though, kicking ethanol in the teeth, making sure you have zero ethanol hanging around that outboard engine. Nobody wants an outboard, an outboard engine that won't run because of stupid dumb, dumb ethanol. Keep some Startron with you. Put it in the tank. Get rid of it. Startron bringing you LBL for many, many years now. ProGuide Batteries, ProGuideBatteries.com. LBL10 is the code LBL10 if you want to save some cash there. ProGuideBatteries.com, their new lithium selection. Absolutely fantastic. These guys have been in the battery business for many, many years, 30, over 30-plus years. They service multiple OEM boat manufacturers, which is a tough badge to actually get put on your shirt there. Trust me. They they make you jump through hoops, and ProGuide boys do it. Very, very well with great quality products. Great folks behind them. You can use code LBL10 there. ProGuyBatteries.com. Baitworks. Bait-Works.com. Bait-Works.com. The one and only place right now you will find the LOB jig designed by yours truly. Custom trocar hook. Power finesse jig. Finer than frog hair skirt material. Go get them still. Go get them. Oh, man. That one got stuck. Look at this. Oh, well, you can see that. Oh, juicy. If only I could go bass fishing. I could go throw an LOB jig myself, and I know most of y'all feel that right now. Also, it's July in the south. It's like 3,000 degrees. The LOB, seven colors available. Go get them at bait-works.com. Everything else on their site, Duncan-10, will save you cash. Don't order it if you don't want it because they're going to come and drop it off at your door. Baitworks.com. We appreciate the folks from Baitworks. Supporting LBL. They got all them flatworms in stock too, which I've watched guys just massacre smallmouth on. So if you're going up north, they got them in stock. All the freaking flatworms. I don't know why that became a thing. It's like throwing live bait at this point. And last but not least, hang the daggum banner. Some of y'all think that banner's crooked. I would argue that maybe the camera's crooked. Maybe I'm crooked. Who knows? Maybe I, I'm a little lopsided. Who knows? Express Boats, Hot Springs, Arkansas, the X21 Pro LE. That's what I'm running this year. Sea Deck Battle Siren, best hole shot in the game. 250 Yamaha Show attached to the back, blasting that bad boy down the lake. Amazing tackle storage, 96-inch beam, super stable fishing platform. Can't beat it. The X19 is a fantastic option. If you don't want the 21-footer, maybe it won't fit in your garage. Get that X19 Pro. All the creature comforts of the 21 in a smaller size. They got that H17. So many different options there at Express Boats from the Bay Boats. Even got the Veranda Pontoon Line. Go check them out at ExpressBoats.com. You can find a local dealer. And Express Boats has been building all welded excitement since 1966. All right. So, full disclosure. Full disclosure. I, um, I had a, uh, I had a, I had a guest on a little earlier and, uh, yeah, I screwed it up. I know y'all don't believe that, but my, uh, my mixer to my recording software here 
I've already done this once today. <laughs> and so we're doing it. We're doing it again. Round two. But I lost the interview with our guest today. And we're going to get back with him just, just here shortly um, and, and see what he's got going on in the world. Our, our, our guest today, I'll go ahead and let's go ahead and hit you with it. This presented by the W sauce, America's Worcestershire sauce. We're going to get the sauce from Trent Palmer, our MPFL champion. Already recorded an hour conversation with him, but we're going to have to do it again. <laughs> oh me. If it wasn't for bad luck, I came out. I talked about all the positivity from this week that just happened. I had a great, I'm so grateful to be home. And then, and then some stupid things happen with, with, with the podcast, you know, uh, but back, back here in the bar and grill and you know, last week's show got a little crazy. Slick Johnson. I had my man Slick Johnson on and enjoyed it, man. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. And so many of you did. There were a lot of eyeballs on that one. A lot of comments had people kind of stirred up the, the Luke and Slick combination had the fishing industry tore up. We had some uh, pro anglers starting to make some phone calls because they didn't like what we were saying uh, or alluding to. Uh, and they, the ones that were calling, were ones that uh, really got out scot-free on this whole Spencer Sheffield situation. So it was it was hilarious to me that right after, not very long after the podcast had been up, that's when MLF released the statement about Spencer Sheffield. So we actually, breaking news here breaking news from luke and slick but we uh we we talked about that that was coming and then they released a press release because we had people in the comments that listened like a day later and it was funny they were like what did they sweep under the rug there's a press release i was like well i guess you should see when this uploaded stupid <laughs> sound like one of my kids stupid mom's basement dweller uh yeah man uh, you know spencer took all the brunt of that he deserved what he got don't get me wrong, but but uh, everybody else kind of <whistles> skated on through. I did see when Wired to Fish shared that news, people were commenting, well, there were others that, that did things, and they said, to our understanding, this was a Wired to Fish comment back to them, the investigation is still ongoing. Investigation. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I said I wasn't going to be too negative on this show, and I'm and I'm not. I'm tired of talking about the Cayuga thing for the sheer point of uh, you know we try to shed light on things. Guys like myself, guys like Slick, and uh, and we've done that. And if if the organizations aren't going to do what they need to do, I, I just you know I'm not going to just keep beating it to death every single week. But uh, the guys that that we haven't named, they damn sure know who they are, and the guilty dogs have been barking. This week, and and Slick may talk about it on his show because he he had a couple confrontations this week. I didn't get any phone calls, but Slick Slick tends to, uh, especially these days, he's a little more full tilt about it than I am. And uh, and but I've been doing this for many many years, y'all. Been doing this for many years. It's like I told Slick, I've tried to give him some advice. I have uh, I've lived all these kind of battles, and and uh, and I got the scars to show it. And I'll keep on speaking up for what I think is right, and and just in life in general, but the sport of bass fishing in particular, obviously. Uh, but but Slick's throwing it out there, man, and and I think his his TikTok he did live on Wednesday night got a little a little rowdy. 
I didn't get to see it. He, he's been texting me a little bit. But I, I look forward to joining Slick again. I'm going to have him come to the bar and grill for sure one of these days soon. And then uh, I'm going to go do an, an Alabama Bass Council Live with him one night. Those guys, I, I, I know a couple of the boys he records with, good people. And, uh, yeah, man, Slick Johnson is a, uh, is a bright spot in this sport. There are a lot of folks that uh, he rubs the wrong way, but he's a good dude, very good dude. And uh, I was proud to have him on. So thank you all for watching that running the numbers up on that one like crazy it was uh it's always amazing that thousands and thousands and thousands of people tune in to watch me run my mouth about bass fishing music and my life so thank y'all for for tuning in and uh shame on you for uh being major league fishing and, and not handling that like you should have uh i still think though i will say this I'll, I'll end on this before we move on to just like positive positive things is um Sorry, lost my train of thought. Uh, got a text from our guest that I've already recorded with that I got to re-record with here in just a minute. So I, I think that Spencer Spencer won't go away. I think Spencer most definitely broke rules, but I think him being the only one that got hung out to dry on this one, so to speak, I don't know how this one's going to go. It's going to be interesting. And Slick mentioned that last week, but and I've not talked to Spencer. Slick has, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think that because there's there's a lot of underlying stories that that over the years in professional fishing of guys cheating or or being gray, different things, and all it takes is one loose cannon to start really telling those stories that kind of get swept under the rug. So we tell a lot of them, but whoo boy, Spencer is uh, he's pretty hot from what I've what I've been told, and we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Let's move on to some really positive. Really, really positive things. Hang on two seconds. Recording again. Trent Palmer text me right now. Sorry, guys. Sorry. It's it's that listen. Uh Fat Cat and I, one of the things that I, I did not mention in my whiskey Meyer story from earlier was that we drove down to Milwaukee. We hung out with them before the show and after the show. And it's an hour and 40 drive. We got back to the hotel in, in Appleton, Wisconsin at 2 a.m. We had to be in the studio by 5.30. So running on empty, as the Eagle said, uh, to say the very freaking least. And then I didn't get in last night. I'm recording this on Sunday, of course. And I didn't get in last night until god midnight i guess so i'm running on fumes i did sleep in this morning but uh scatterbrained more than usual uh but i've got i've got a few days here at the house before i leave for the express boats dealer meeting to uh to rest up and 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 you know you can't make up for lost sleep that's for sure that's scientifically proven but but you can lay around be lazy fat and lazy on the couch though i've seen me do it I've seen me do it. Fat Cat was like, dude, I can't believe we're, we're not going to, you know, we're running on fumes. We can't sleep. And there's one thing for sure. When, when you're old and gray, you're not going to talk about missing sleep. You're going to talk about the experiences like, like the Whiskey Myers concert or going to Wrigley Field. It's those things that stand out to you, I feel like, as you get older. So, uh, I'm, uh, you know, if I misspeak on this, this podcast, if I do stupid things like, not record a conversation that was fantastic for the podcast I do weekly about an hour ago. Uh, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it. All right, let's 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 talk about something that obviously I'm very passionate about. 
I care a lot about, and uh, it's near and dear to me heart. And that's the MPFL. It's the MPFL. And we have, we have uh, like most families, we've been through our share of drama. We've been through our share of frustrations. It's been like a roller coaster. We've cried. We've yelled. We've done a lot of things in, in three seasons there. We've had our share of controversy. We've had our share of, uh, you know, of, of victories. We've had our share of losses. And I, I think that uh, leaving this event, man, I, I just I find myself very grateful to, to work with that organization. And I always say that and I mean that, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a redneck from Tennessee. So to get to be a part of what they got going on, to get to commentate, to get to watch these guys that win these events, their lives get changed, them uh, compete at this high level, it's amazing. It's amazing to get to watch guys like Patrick Walters, get to guys, watch guys like John Cox mix it up, to get to meet the new faces that we have, to get to be a part of the faces we've introduced to the fishing industry, like a Taylor Watkins that smashed them up, a Bryant Smith that's catching them on the Elite Series, David Gaston catching them. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It's an honor. Uh, they've announced, though, I want to say, they've announced angler applications are open for next year so you can sign up. I'm going to be about 30 spots after the dust settles, I think, available, basically. Um, 76 of the pros that fish this year, they get priority entry. There's another 30 or so guys, 25 to 30, that fished with us the first two years that did not fish this year for one reason or another. They're giving them priority, as they should, because they rolled the dice with the MPFL the first two seasons there, that uh, they're going to get a priority entry there if they would like to come back. And they're going to take 130 anglers. 130 anglers, $100,000 first place. They're going to pay down 43 spots based on based on 130 anglers next year, okay? It's going to be a six-event season yet again. Great schedule they're working on. But uh, I can tell you this because I know there are a lot of naysayers. Look, I, I'm, I was one in the beginning. I was one before they ever, you know, ever got involved. There are a lot of people who like to stay in our comments saying really dumb things, but things are happening at the National Professional Fishing League in a very positive way, and there are a lot, and when I say a lot, a lot, read my lips, lot of big names that are sniffing around, that are asking about it, that are asking when you sign up, that are texting, that are calling other anglers that are fishing, that are calling me, that are calling Fat Cat, that are calling the tournament organization, names that would blow your mind that fish both Bass Pro Tour and the Bassmaster Elite Series. Lots of guys, okay? And to quote one highly, highly acclaimed, big-time angler in this country that texted me this week, he said, they're truly the only league right now that just doesn't have some kind of bull crap surrounding them. And that was very refreshing to hear. Very refreshing to hear. And, and I think, I, I, like I said, I've already done the interview with Mr. Trent Palmer, and we're going to get him back on the phone here. Uh, in just a little bit as he makes his home from way home from Michigan to Georgia. But Trent said, he, he said, man, operationally, and we'll get him to tell this, but operationally they run the best tournament in the business and I fished all of them. And, and it's, it, that's the way I see it as a, as a guy that's fished tournaments since he was 10 years old. I feel they run one of the best events on boots on the ground wise that in the country, David Dudley himself, one of the legends of the sport, that's fished so many tournaments it'll make your head spin. He said that when he worked with us the first year. He's like, this is incredible. What these guys do is it's incredible. They've got a very small crew and they get it done. They care about the anglers. 
They do indeed put the anglers first. They listen to the anglers. And uh, and it's good, though. But we had uh, we had so many positive vibes at this event. And, and, and like I said, I've spent the last month talking about all this bull crap, uh, cheating controversy and cover up and just blah, 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 and the world's tense. But to see the things that I saw at this, this MPFL, which were, was Trent Palmer taking the win by two ounces over Patrick Walters, who is without question, one of the top three or four, no matter what the bass fan rankings say, three or four anglers in the world right now, bass fishing, um, and has been for the last few years. It's incredible. He won our last event, had a chance to go back to back, but Trent is his roommate. Mike Corbishley, another one of their roommates. They go first, second, and third in this event. Insane, man. So much fun to cover, so much fun to watch, but Trent had mechanical issue after mechanical issue, been struggling with a motor that was, was he was having to change the oil in it every night. Okay. Patrick Walters helping him work on his boat at night as they're competing against each other. Patrick led it both days one and two. Trent's motor blows on the last day, and Patrick Walters, the tournament leader, brings him and his fish back. So you had first and second place both riding back in the same boat. It's an incredible story. We're going to let Trent tell it. But that kind of thing is what the MPFL is about that camaraderie. You've heard Patrick Walter say it on here. You've heard John Cox say it on here. I've heard Keith Carson say it on here. It is phenomenal. So if you're not watching and if you're not paying attention, but you claim to love bass fishing, then I'm sorry for you because you're missing out on a lot of good fishing. You're missing out on some great coverage, even if I am a part of it. And uh, great guys going to great bodies of water. So uh, I just got to say that it is, uh, it is, refreshing it is refreshing and you know it's david versus goliath the fishing industry does not back these guys for the most part they do not the engine manufacturers do not back this they 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 don't they don't they don't have a service crew uh the only service crew we've ever had power pole power poles came out to some events but the industry's not behind this deal this is angler ran for the most part it is, it is done on a shoestring, uh, you know, employee basis, not a lot of employees, and they pull it off week in and week out, and, uh, and I'm proud to be a part of it, man. And so next year, if you got any ambitions, if you're fishing, fishing things, whatever other league you're in, you're looking to add to it, you're looking to fish for big money, you're looking for something with some live coverage, you should go check it out. Next year, I think it's going to be their biggest year yet, to say the least. All right, here we go. Just got the text I was waiting on. Uh, let's get this guy back on the phone. Let's get this guy back on the phone. So this guy is a very accomplished angler, right? He finished his second at Saginaw Bay last year, the same tournament by four ounces to Gary Atkins. Comes back this year. He's third day one, second day two. Ends up taking the victory. He owns Sonar Pros. They created the original wiring harness. There's a lot of talk about harnesses in, in bass boats, these, these souped-up wiring harnesses. This guy is a guru. Between his ears, he is absolutely uh, an electronics machine there on Lake Lanier with Sonar Pros. Let's call him right now. We're going to get the sauce from him, presented by the W Sauce. I'm going to call him back right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Trent. Palmer. 
Well, it's me again, Margaret. <laughs> Did you? So, welcome to, back to LBL. So, I had to tell the folks at home because I, listen, listen, buddy. Listen, I'm running on fumes. Fat Cat and I went to a dang Whiskey Myers concert when we were up there. I got about two hours of sleep. I mean, it, it's, listen, I am, and I ended up getting in, got delayed last night, ended up getting in at midnight, but I made a critical error about halfway through our interview. And then what I had done on the podcast before I even called you um, sounded like absolute garbage more than normal. So I have re recorded Low Budget Live, and here we are with Trent Palmer. Uh, I've already wasted your time this morning, but we're going, oh, we're going to, we're going to get it again from you here, bud. So, uh, dude, congratulations. I know I've already said that to you multiple times now, but it, it absolute insane story. And I set this up before I called, I, I kind of told the, the backstory of last year and the four ounce deal, the loss to Gary Atkins, the crazy conditions last year, but then the, the, some of the adversity you dealt with, with your mechanical issues and things, uh, but trying to run down Patrick who, uh, and I told you this last night, I don't know if you you were aware or not until I said it, but 2019, he was like 16th in Bassmaster AOI has not had a Bassmaster Angler of the year finish outside of the top 10 since 2019. <laughs> like just yeah, he, um, stupid. He is, stupid. he is by, he is by far one of, one of, and I'm not saying this because he's a buddy of mine. I mean, truly the guy any ranks he's ever fished at, whether it was college, the opens, the elites, and uh, now the MPFL as well. Um, pretty sure he's won every circuit. He's won a major event in every circuit. I mean, he is one of the best anglers in the world. Now, you and I talked about this. If he could get his social media game up a little bit more, he'd probably, <laughs> you know, have a little bit more following because he's he's got a great personality. I mean, I don't agree with the short shorts, but listen, that, buddy, like, he's got to be careful. Character. Listen, you you he gets in them big waves. I told him last year he gets some short shorts. He gets up there bouncing around. He's gonna give people a free show. He's gonna get us kicked off the damn internet. He's got to stop. Yeah. He's got to be careful. Um, yeah, I know he's glad he didn't win because he said he was gonna get a small mouth tattooed on his butt cheek if he won. So yeah, and we were really gonna I hold him to it. I know we talked about that. I, I still think the teardrop tattoo with a small mouth outline or like, since he does wear short shorts, you know, I think, I think fat cat said it on the after show, uh, the big thigh tap. Thigh tap. Cool. Yeah. Thigh yeah. tap. Small mouth jumping out of the water, a whole scene on his thigh. I think, I think yeah. that would really bring the sponsors in. Uh, well, but he didn't win because Trent Palmer dream crusher this week, baby. You crushed <laughs> the dreams of Mr. Coach Walters there. And uh, are you going to get a smallmouth tattoo on your eye, bud? No, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> one for. I'm not. I, I'm not one for getting some ink on the face. I All think right. the ink on the face will will hold back on some, uh, you know, business opportunities down the road. <laughs> That's what I said. I told Fat Cat we could have been like Post Malone yesterday with always tired tattooed under our face after staying out all night uh, before we had to be in studio at five in the morning. Solid, solid decision on our part. But hundred uh, percent, yeah, solid decision. But hey, we made it through, and I don't know that anybody would have noticed had we not brought it up. No, uh, no a couple you, energy, some coffee, yeah. and some energy drinks, and a and an ibuprofen. We'll get it taken care. Well, of. I said yesterday morning on live though, smallmouth bass are very much the equivalent of caffeine when you're getting to watch. Yes. You guys just be puppet masters. The second we flipped the switch on, it was like, I'm like, we can see all six cameras, seven that we got going, whatever it is. And, and it's just you, you and Patrick and Mike are just, I'm like, this is fixing to be so stupid. You guys were crushing 
uh, right out of the jump. But dude, let's let's get into it. I know I know you've uh, I've already talked to you almost out of a voice here. You're on your way home, <laughs> back to Georgia. But uh, just for everybody listening, the low lifers, I, I keep saying there's been a lot of negative in bass fishing in the last month, uh, yeah. unfortunately. And this event for me was kind of the turning point in getting back to uh, you know some positive good stories and 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 the camaraderie between you and Patrick the competitive nature between you two on camera and Mike in the mix was so much fun to watch but just kind of walk us through everything from the engine issues that you were having that that just plagued you all week to the motor finally giving out to standing on stage to take that victory by two ounces with Patrick Walters and you idling in for 45 minutes in the same boat with the first place and second place stringer let's let's hear it yeah so the motor um and i i kind of last time we talked i briefly talked about this it, it i work on boats for a living so i get to see and hear stories a lot it doesn't matter what brand you have they all have eventually have problems um you know our outboards aren't like a car where you have a transmission that lets you run at lower rpms Bass boats, for the most part, you're either in the mid-range of the RPMs or the high end of the mm-hmm. RPMs, um, which long-term, uh, stuff just happens. Um, now, um, unfortunately, I got in a little bit of a situation where we kind of had a gremlin in the motor that we weren't really sure what was going on. So back at Santee, I had one low-pressure oil alarm, and uh, we kind of, by per the diagnostics, it looked like it was a sensor. We replaced the sensor. Um and after replacing the sensor, I actually went up. I normally don't pre-practice for events, but for this one, I just, I knew what I had to do to find fish to win, which was put a lot of seat time behind the graphs. And I went out and pre-practiced for two days. I then, the week after that, took uh, what felt like my first vacation in like three years. Um, went up to our family lake house in Wisconsin and, and hung out up there and did some fishing out of the boat up there. No issues with the boat there three days of practice, no issues till I made a 40 minute run into the boat ramp. And I got, I got really inconsistent oil pressure down to at one point in time, zero, which put me in guardian mode. Knew that we had an issue and we needed to figure out what was going on. So luckily uh, for this event with the MPFL, we have an off day, which I, I know some people don't like off days. I know I, back when you fished the tour, did you guys have off days? Oh, we did. We did. And I can't. And when I started, I fished a few of the opens. I was like, "This is for the birds. I need an off oh, day because I'm an old off, man and I love it." Yeah, the off day is the best thing ever, especially in a situation like this. Because if you have a problem, you got time to work on it. You know, you get to sleep in a little, whatever. But luckily for us, the MPFL. I love the format. We've got an off day. So during that off day, I was like, okay, let's just, you know, let's go do an oil change. Maybe something's up. I was thinking something was up with the oil because Mercury had recently changed from the engines using 10W30 to heavier 2540 to help reduce oil seeping past the piston rings when the engine's fully trimmed down, which was causing oil to burn. So I was thinking, okay, let me just go back to 10W30 since they just recently went to this 10W or um, uh, 10W30 uh, since they just changed this 2540. Um so that morning, went to a Mercury store or a local dealer um, dealership that had some oil. I got some 10W30, put it in the engine, called Sean Mulhall, who's our tournament director, said, hey, I need to test this boat. He and I got on the river, and we tested the boat, and it was dropping oil pressure bad. I mean, it was just 
going down to zero, barely holding pressure, peaking up and down to be like 80 pounds, zero pounds, 80 pounds, 40 pounds. I was like, oh, this issue is way worse now. Um, so went out and got the 2540 oil again, changed the oil again, and went out and tested the boat again, and it was it was holding pressure fine for a little bit. Well, <laughs> day one of the tournament, we go – day one of the tournament arguably was the worst weather. I mean, we had, I would say, pretty consistent three, three to four footers that morning that we were running in. And the engine ran perfectly fine till I was about five miles from my spot, and then the oil pressure started – just going up and down again. And I said, okay, in my head, I'm like, good news is we're here at the spot. I've got Pat and Mike around me. Something happens. We'll come in. Um, uh, so made the run, you know, fish that day, got 18 and a half, made the run in and the oil pressure was all over the place again. So we got off the water. I got more oil. I stopped at a, a mercury place. And uh, um, when I went to go change the oil that time, I noticed that fuel was coming out with the oil. You could tell that there was a fuel mix. The oil just didn't look like it should. Um, it had lower viscosity, and that's when we realized that my engine was making oil. So fuel is actually getting past the piston rings, making oil. The engine had made like a quart and a half. and lowers the viscosity, which essentially makes it not as thick, and it'll you know fluctuate oil pressure. So essentially what was happening with my motor is the more I used it, the worse the oil situation was, which in a tournament like this, where we're making long runs is, is a one thing I didn't cover on was during the off day. One thing that made me, had me make a real big decision on letting me use my boat because I wasn't in a position where I could get a loaner boat um, was I went and took the boat to get compression. To, I, I essentially went to like six local dealers and only one actually took the time to help me out because um, he had been a local bass fisherman and we ran compression on the engine and it compression tested fine so after that day one of the tournament when we finally kind of realized what the problem was pretty much every day of the tournament i just proceeded to change the oil so that we could get all that bad oil out that had the fuel mixture and put new oil in so um day one day two we were able to get in and get back no problem and then day three is when i could tell the engine audibly was having problems um, and ultimately, um, what started progressing was the engine stopped making oil and started burning oil, which means oil was getting past the, and, uh, which effectively means the engine's losing compression and our head is blowing. Um, so during the tournament day three, I, it got to a point where it started putting me in guardian mode a lot on live. I believe you guys, uh, saw me do it i had to to add oil i actually had a i had a a suspicion that ultimately the engine would start burning oil when it's getting ready to let go so i I grabbed an extra jug of oil and put it in the boat so on the water i was adding oil into the engine just to get me back to my final spot and when we got back to that final spot i got you know called called sean mulhall our tournament director and said hey am i clear to call patrick i'm having this problem he said yep I called Patrick, told him, hey, man, I'm going to leave this area at 245. If you get a phone call from me after 245, that means she blew. Sure enough, I get a mile down the down the lake, and the engine finally completely lets go. It uh, it, it held, you know, zero PSI on the oil pressure, was in constant guardian mode, and would not get on plane anymore. And um, the unfortunate thing is when I got off plane, 
I was in a no cell phone service area. Mm. So I had to bust a U-turn with the boat because it would, it would idle in guardian mode. And for a split second, the oil hit like oil pressure on, on my gauge hit eight PSI. And I got on plane for like a hundred yards and then it shut me down again. And right when I got off plane, I got cell service and called Pat and he came out to help me. So the tournament leader, one of the hottest anglers in the country, your best bud there has been helping you change your oil at night, helping you, helping you change your oil. You guys are not only having to work on tackle, you're fighting big water, big waves. You get back in, you got dinner and then you're changing oil. Well, then this guy, he yep. could have just left you out there. That's what I would have yep. done for sure. He could have just left you, but he comes over and you guys are neck and neck in the tournament. You've got a camera guy in each boat. So you got to figure out what to do with those crazy cats. Travis Goss. I forget who you had yep. with you. I know Travis oh. was with Pat. And uh but you guys have to have to have to get them. They take your boat, correct? They take your boat to go back to to shore. MPFL send in your truck. Uh it's always a good idea to hide some keys when you're in a tournament making a long run. Pro tip. If you don't yep. know if you don't know that move, yep. you should definitely do that in case you have a me- mechanical issue. And so the league sends your truck and trailer up and you and Patrick First and second place of the tournament take a long ride back to Bay City, Michigan. But, but something interesting happened. The whole thing's <laughs> interesting. But, but, but take me through those last say couple hours there, hour and a half with with old Coach Walters in the boat. Yeah, and so I, I before I get to that, like one thing for the viewers to make context for when my engine finally broke down and Patrick came over. Um, him coming to help me cost him probably about 20 to 30 minutes of smallmouth fishing, which mm-hmm. when it comes to, when it comes to tournament fishing, even 60 seconds can make a difference. So, um, you know, there's obviously no definitives in that situation, but the fact that Patrick was able to take away time from his fishing to come help me, I think speaks testament to the type of person he is, but also, you know, he could have very, you know, very easily been like, no, Pat, you know, I know Trent has the opportunity to beat me now. Peace out. I mean, I know he's not the type of person, but, it, it is awesome that the sportsmanship in this league, especially with friends, just the fact that he was able to do that. And two, um, for context as well, when he came to me, anything we did in that boat at that point in time, we were on the phone with Sean Mulhall, our tournament director. Yes. And very explicitly, can we do this? Can we do that? Yes, no. And I, I by far have to give the biggest shout out to the two camera guys because, dude, we put them in in my boat with a blown motor that would idle. Now, luckily the trolling motor batteries, I run a powerful charge. Um, I've got X2 power, uh, twin, I got twin 36 volt lithiums. Um, and that powerful charge since I was running so much that day, those, those, I pulled the, I, uh, Travis, one of the camera guys actually said, Hey man, are, is the trolling motor got enough juice? If we to go out there, I pulled up the app and I was at like 90% battery. Wow. Um, so, you know, we cleared it with Sean, um, and we essentially what we did was the camera guys got in my boat. We moved my fish and, you know, life jacket, all that stuff into Patrick's boat. And like I said, biggest shout out to the camera guys, because after we left them, they pretty much had to get the boat. I think it was six and a half miles into the into uh, the boat closest boat ramp. Um, I believe a big storm hit them. I mean, uh, my camera guy, uh, my camera guy prior to working for fixed tv had no never been in a bass boat before (laughs) his lucky day lucky tournament hey you want to go ride around in the ocean with trent palmer (laughs) yeah like and 
And like, I, I cannot give enough gratitude to those guys because ultimately what, what could have the other situation was I stayed with the boat and Patrick ran my fish in, which, you know, still would have got the one, the win obviously, but wouldn't have been able to experience it. And the fact that the two of them, them agreeing, them being on board yeah. with what, what ultimately happened because of them, I was able to experience that win, um, which was pretty cool. And I, 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 I owe a lot of gratitude to them because it was, um, it was a pretty awesome experience. It would have, um, well, yeah, then it would have just, it not to throw shade, but to throw shade. It'd have been like a BPT. You'd have just won in the middle of the lake by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I would have been sitting there on my phone like, yeah, 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 I won. Yeah, I won a tournament. No, you wouldn't have had service. You wouldn't have been able to wash the weigh-in. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> true. 100%. <laughs> We would have to yeah, call you so, like the next day and be like, congratulations, Trent, you won the event. Uh, oh, my goodness, man. It's just – it's still, for me, the, the other storyline of you, Mike, uh, and Patrick all going one, two, three, Mike Corbishley finishing the, the top three. The, I kept calling you guys the three best smallmouth friends that anyone could have um, <laughs> because you guys stuck it out. Day one was so rough, and you three really were the only ones that didn't turn around from going to those yep. smallmouth grounds. And then the same on day two, you guys kind of worked out a game plan together to bunt that morning and and get play small ball, get some largemouth in the boat, and then go out. It was it was played to perfection, man, strategy wise, uh, to put yourself in position to win. But once you, you and Patrick, we saw you guys on the water uh, have this interaction where. He's like, "Well, you got," and you're like, 18, and you'd already told us 21. So I'm like on live, like liar. He's a liar. He's lying to his friend. But I didn't feel bad for Patrick because Patrick is always a liar. Patrick doesn't update his way live app. We never know, uh, absolutely never know what's going to happen uh, with Patrick's catch at every event, man. We tried our best to tell the story. But, I mean, at Santee, I think we had him at like 17 one day, and he had whatever his biggest bag was there last event. I'm like, and I talked to him that night. I said, seriously, bro, can you just pick up your phone and do the way live app for us and just kind of guess um, so you guys had this, this interaction though, and it really put a lot of pressure on Patrick though, because we get to see all of it and just you telling him he had 18, really, he started like his, his whole demeanor changed. And I said this earlier to you when we talked that he has that, he has that swagger of, of an earlier Van Dam when he was yep. closing in on a victory. We saw it last year with him a couple of times. We've seen it this year. We've watched it in the elites as well. And and all of a sudden, though, he just got laser focused, and he kept saying, "I, I got to have more weight. I got, I got to have." And I'm, and we're because we were trying to guess what he had based off of what we were watching him catch. And uh, and anyways, you guys though, two pound difference going out on showdown Saturday. He doesn't look at your fish. You don't look at his though when you put them in separate live wells on the boat. Nobody peeks at all. No, and like the best. So on the the story of because uh, there's, I mean, there's two two funny parts in the whole thing one the the, the, the story i'll tell about us running in together because that that's pretty funny yeah, oh it's amazing but two, the the interaction of us on the water so patrick to your point is notorious for i i, I don't think he passed grade school in the math department so that's probably <laughs> part of i don't know i don't know how they teach math over at usc but in georgia we uh um we 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 learn math good, as we'll say. But he um, he uh, <laughs> and at Tennessee they learn two, it better than both of you guys do. But continue. Yeah. <laughs> day two, we pull in the river together uh, for the idol, and I was like, "What do you got?" Because I had a good day. I I had twenty one ten or yeah twenty one ten day two I think. Um, and um, I was like, "What do you got?" He's like, "I got 17. 
And I'm like, heck yeah. You know, like I was excited. I like, got I'm beating Patrick big time now. And then we get to the weigh-in, and he has 22 pounds. And I was like, bro, <laughs> you could have at least said I have 20. Like 20 to 22, oh, fine. Mind games, 17 man. to 22. So I already made up my mind. When, I had, when that morning on day three started off well, and I pretty much caught up my weight that morning, I already made up in my mind. When I see Patrick, I'm going to lie to his face about what I have. Like I was, I was excited. I was excited inside to lie to Patrick about my weight. So when we got to each other, and I actually, when we did this earlier, I forgot to tell this part. When we got to each other, and obviously you guys saw it on live, uh, he told me he was, I have 17 again. So when he said, I have 17 okay. again. I was like, damn, he's got 22 <laughs> again. And I was like, crap, I need 24 plus now to even get in contention of this thing. And well, then he goes, what do you got? And I said, well, I got 18. And if anyone, anyone that knows me, I am the worst liar. I smirk at everything. And I guess when I told him I had 18, I busted a little smile. Uh, okay. He didn't realize that okay. in, in his head, he told me after that, he said, in my, he goes, dude, when you said you had 18 and you gave me this little smile, he goes, okay. I knew immediately, he said, I knew immediately that I wasn't, that it was going to be close and that I needed to go to work. So that was what that interaction was. Um, and then the best part of the whole thing in, in being friends, it was even more, even more fun was we made the run in, which normally it took about an hour. Luckily, that day, um, the closer we got to the bay, the back of the bay where the river is, where the where the long idle is, it got calmer and calmer. So we actually got in about 15 minutes in faster than we thought. Um, so Patrick's like, I wonder if I can still fish. I was like, Well, I know I can, but I'll call I'll call Mulhall and find out what, what what's the deal. So we call Sean, and Sean goes, Patrick can fish. Pat, uh, Trent, you cannot. So. Once we got this south of that best, river, best. he's holding you hostage yeah. with your winning stringer of fish. And he's just like, Hey bro, watch pretty this. Much, I was pretty much, <laughs> yeah, I was held hostage is what, what it was. So he pulls up on the Island there in front of the river, which that Island is a major highway for fish coming in and out of the back part of that bay by the river. And there are. So he pulls up to the Island. I sit on the back deck, like a marshal. Sitting there just praying to God he doesn't catch a six pounder in front of me because I knew if he caught, I knew it was, we, you know, we hadn't looked at each other's fish, but we had a suspicion it was close. And I had to sit there for 15 minutes and just watch him sit there, you know, work down the rock on the island and hope that he didn't catch one. You know, and, uh, in that situation, smallmouth are notorious for jumping out of the live well. Had he caught one, you could have just been like, Oh, hang on. I'll get this live well for you and just open it a few minutes earlier and oh, hope, and hope they took flight with coal tags yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. And then, uh, <laughs> so after that lovely experience of sitting like a marshal, uh, I, um, we got to the mouth of the river and started the idol. And so I think we were 10 minutes into cutting up and all, we kind of had the conversation like, all right, you know, what do you think you got? And Pat was like, man, I, if I have 20, it's a light 20 and I'll, I'll be surprised if I have 20. He's like, I've got a bunch of cookie cut, like cookie cutter, like heavy threes. And he's like, what do you got? I was like, well, the last time I weighed, I know I had over 21, but I've made, I made a couple calls since then. I said, I told him, I said, for con with confidence, I know I have at least 22. I said, I, it could be more than that, but I'm just going to say 22 to be safe. And he was like, 
dude, it's going to be close. And I was like, you think? And I was like, don't lie to me, Patrick. I was like, don't do your math. He goes, no, man, I'm being serious. I was like, he's like, you can look at them if you want. I was like, no, I don't want to look at them. We'll find out here in the next hour or so. And then sure enough, you know, we made the idle in, got a lot of looks and, and stares, confused why we were in the same boat together. But it, uh, it, uh, you know, it worked out. Oh my goodness, man. It's, it's, uh, I said it. I said it to you earlier. I'll say it again now. There's definitely in my my. I've kept up with this sport for a long time, uh, and I just don't think there's ever been a tournament where first place and second rode back in the same boat. Uh, first and place, first and second place stringers in the same live well. Maybe back in the boat on boat draw days or something way back. I, I, I but I even doubt it then. So crazy, man. But that that speaks to the MPFL, the the overall vibe. And Patrick would do that in an elite series. He would do that in a local tournament. You would do the same for somebody. That kind of thing yep. happens in our bass fishing community a lot. Um, it, it does. I mean, guys help people out. They tow in innocent, uh, stranded boaters all the time. I mean, in this event, John Cox had to go rescue his kids in kayaks for the love of God. <laughs> his Wait, what? Yeah, dude. Uh, John Cox, total sidebar story. John Cox's kids, he had, he had his family up there, they were vacationing and his kids decided to paddle in kayaks that were out there at their VRBO out to a lighthouse and the wind and weather got up, and they got Dude, freaking know, like blown I know away. What lighthouse, I know what lighthouse you're talking about, and they're lunatics for trying to get out to that thing. They went like six, like six or seven miles. John said in kayaks. Well, then he posted on social. You can go see his picture of of him with two kayaks on each side of his boat. He had to like bring them back to shore <laughs> during practice. That's they called hilarious. him like, "Hey, Dad, we're we're screwed. You got to come get us." So he, <laughs> he went. And, he went and got them. Like I told him yesterday, reality show man waiting to happen right there with that man and his family. Yeah. They it is uh, it's better than the Kardashians. That's for damn sure. Uh, always <laughs> always something going on with with the John Cox and crew. But yeah, he had to uh, he had to go rescue rescue his his family. But but no man, we see we see things in the MPFL. <laughs> Amongst the anglers since year one, that just blows my mind. The overall vibe, yeah. Do we have folks that butt heads on the water? Some million percent. It's going to happen. Tensions get high. A lot of lot of money on the line um, to be in the events, and and a lot of money that you can win, right? But but I yep. think that uh, for me, it is as good of a, a good of a vibe at a tournament as I've ever experienced, man. From the angler side and, and the league, and I, I know you had uh, you fished with us last year. You narrowly missed winning the same event. So I yep. guess you're going to buy a house in Bay City, Michigan. Now you got the you got the down payment <laughs> ready. You should put Sonar Pros, uh, the Northern Edition up there. North, Northern Division, yeah, yeah, Northern Division of Sonar Pros up there. Uh, but but you were kind of on the fence, man, with fishing because they made some changes. We went through that where they raised the entry fee uh, last year, and you called me a couple times, and I talked to guys like Patrick and and uh, and traders like Justin Kimmel. Uh, I talked. To- <laughs> <laughs> I talked to those guys last fall about it. And then the MPFL stepped up. They've dropped the entry fee back and then went to this $100,000 entry fee. Then then the schedule just got, I mean, even better than it already was. They made a couple changes. And now they're coming to your home lake. So you're invested. And you get back in. Uh, you've got to win now. you got a chance to win another one. But but talk about, because you, you, you said something earlier when we talked 
Talk about the league in general, though, man. And I know I don't want to seem like, and, and it's full disclosure, everybody that follows this follows me. They know I'm obviously employee, an employee of the league. I've been with them for three years since before this thing ever went off the ground. I've been through the ups and downs that we have had, and there have been several. Uh, like I said at the first of this show, there have been victories. There have been losses. There have been controversies that, you know, we, we, we you know, we lost anglers, you know, through COVID craziness, man, that we've, we've just experienced so many things as an organization, but this event, I just, I thinking last night, just driving home, honestly, like a, like a psychopath with no radio on or anything from the airport and just kind of thinking about it over, you know, where it's, where it's been and where it's at and where it's going. Uh, but just kind of speak to your experience in the league, dude, because it, it's, and obviously, a direct deposit of a hundred K you'll be like, it's fantastic. But, <laughs> but, but talk about, you know, your, your opinion of the national professional fishing league. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, even I'll say this, even obviously the, the payout for this week was fantastic, but even fishing last year, where we had a reduced payout and, you know, um, fishing this year. I mean, it, I think one thing that the MPFL fills is there is definitely, I believe a void in, in the professional fishing um industry world we live in um where there's this abundance of anglers that want to fish at a professional level and the problem is there's really not a lot of pathways to do that you pretty much can go to the opens which majority of the time the opens have a capped field which i think is about 200 people um and then the opens are an absolute meat grinder Mm -hmm. once you get into them Um, i know some really good anglers fish in the opens that it's just not on their side it's this like, year. It's like, well, it's like a hamster wheel. You just get over there, and it's like, yep. I don't care the work you put in. I don't care how good you are. When there's 225, there are a lot of variables on the line, period, end of story. Yep. yep. And then, you know, you can go fish the MLF um, uh, tackle warehouse circuit, um, which is about, I think, 100 angler, angler, angler field. So now we're up anglers that can actually get into a professional level. And then, you know, you got the Elite Series and the Bass Pro Tour, which they only allow two to three anglers in per year. And then you've got the Toyota Opens, which um, – the or not the Toyota Opens, sorry. The Toyota Series, which those tournaments have 300 boats in them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, kind of a, you know, needle in a haystack situation from a tournament perspective. So, um, I think what the NPFL does really well and what I've thoroughly enjoyed is it allows anglers – an opportunity to fish at a professional level, fish for professional money, and then also have a platform to not only grow, you know, your network and your brand, but also gives the viewers an, another league to watch and, sure. and, and learn about learn about some absolute hammers mm-hmm. like Mike Corbishley, like Todd Goad, that yes, you may not have man. heard of outside outside of the NPFL. And um, I think. That's the void the MPFL fills. Now, outside of that, what I really enjoy about it is, you know, being a business owner, it is awesome that the the tournaments are, you know, on average six to eight weeks apart. Really gives you good separation to go fish a tournament, come back, get your things in order. You know, you're not on the road for four months straight. Um, so the, the, the spacing of the, the tournaments is fantastic. Um, and then two or three, the uh, Brad and the crew, they run an outstanding tournament. I have fished, you know, I – I fish BFLs, I fish Toyotas, I fish college. Um, I fish a lot of organiz- you know, smaller organizations as well that ran good tournaments. But I'm telling you right now, no one runs a better blast-off weigh-in, any aspect of the tournament, than the NPFL. And they do really cool things like the last day of the tournament. If you're in first, you blast off first and weigh in last. So you're kind of rewarded for doing well. 
I, they just overall the way the tournament runs and functions, there is no one that does a better tournament hands down. I think um, uh, someone was telling me at one point in time, I think John Cox was making mention that, that he, he felt like the tournament even ran better than some of the, any other tournaments or any series he's fished before. Yeah, you know, Dudley, and I, I mentioned this earlier on the show, but Dudley, the first year when he worked with us, he'd just stand there at the weigh-in just shaking his head, like blown away. He's like, dude. And he actually, we had some anglers complaining like event four in year one. And Dudley asked him if he could speak at the meeting because he got up to tell him like, Hey guys, you don't know how good you have it because these, yeah. these this league takes care of you, man. And it was, it was, uh, it was cool to see him be motivated to speak to this group of anglers that we were working with because he, he felt compelled just based off of his tournament history and, and uh, you know, all the events he had fished and, uh, Hell, man! There's a lot of big names that are that are peeking their head through the curtains about next year, and uh, yep. and I think a lot of guys are gonna 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 give it a serious look, and and, and as they should, man. And I, I really, and I'm not just saying that because I work there. I, hell, I joke all the time. I almost wish I wasn't employed there so I could fish it, because it would be yep. a perfect league for me to be a part of because I do have a lot of other things going on outside of professional fishing. That was always my thing with FLW. That was so hard was I, I just, I had a career outside of there. And when, if tournaments, even though there were only six events, they were jammed in there. So you didn't have a lot of break in between and it's, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. And somebody at home's probably like, Oh, cry me a river. You got to fish the FLW tour and work a job and actually keep a job. Yep. I did. And uh, I'm not complaining, but I'm saying that with the spacing, I mean, right now we're looking almost last of July, our next event in Oklahoma, almost the end of September, two month break, man, that you've got to like you right now, you've got equipment issue. You got to get your, you got to get your motor repaired. Got to get things kind of put back together, which won't take you long. But if you had to turn around and fish this week, or next week, you'd be stressing it. In trouble. Yeah, you'd be stressing yeah. it. It's like, like being, you know, what my guys, you know, I, my business is Sonar Pros, and, mm-hmm. and my guys in the shop do an awesome job when I'm gone. But there's just stuff that happens when being the business owner, you're not there. That is not fun to deal with. And like things came up this week that there's nothing I can do about it that have now carried over boats to this week coming up. So the, the wonderful thing is we're going to get in probably around 9 o'clock tonight. And uh, tomorrow morning we're going to have to be right at the shop nice and early, probably around 6 a.m. just to uh, uh, see what we're going to deal with for the week because we got a full week of installs. I know there's orders that got to get shipped. I mean, we're back to the, the, the grind per se, um, even though we're coming off of a, a win here. You know, I go back home and go right back to work. And having that space between the events, like I mentioned before and what you're mentioning about how you have eight weeks, really lets you get caught up for being out for a week lets you get kind of reset to get ready to go for the next tournament compared to being back to back no doubt about it speak speak to sonar pros a little bit i I mentioned it uh before i before i called you again here but uh you are fascinating to watch in in how you handle your electronics your expertise when you talk on live interviews i've seen you do uh, online but I personally, I know so many people, and I've called you and bugged you. I, hell, I called you at eight o'clock the other night and said, "Hey, Palmer, I got a, I got a question, and I'm a cheapskate, so I'm not coming to Georgia. Uh, you know, <laughs> how do I need to do this?" And I did the 
like if we're talking minor league baseball, major league baseball, I did a single A install of of something that, that you and I talked about that was very non-Trent Palmer-like, trust me, and you'll never see it because I'm too embarrassed to show you the job that I did on this. But you did, you gave me some pointers, but you are, <laughs> you, 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 you developed one of the, if, if the first OG, uh, Sonar harness that upgraded wires to to get your your electronics the power that they need with the Sonar Pro's harness, but then you took it a step further with your with your installs and things, man. But but just talk about that and kind of how you came to be the Sonar Pro. Yeah, so for me, tournament fishing really. I tournament fished in high school. There wasn't there wasn't high school fishing when I was in high school. Um, but college, when I got into college, um, I fished for Georgia Southern University out of South Georgia. And um, I got into college fishing kind of in its first couple early years of, of when it got traction. I was in the, I guess you could say, the era of um, uh, pretty much I, I fished an interesting era where my first couple years in college is when Jordan and Matt Lee were doing their run. And then the tail end of my college is when Patrick had just came in. Um, but um, so for me, tournament fishing really started, you'd say, snowballing for, in college. And um, one of my first boats I had, I had two Lawrence um, uh, Gen 2 8s or 10s, I don't really remember, with LSS2 LSS two or LSS1 transducer. And for me, I found a lot of success fishing offshore, um, which kind of kicked off installing electronics. Um, my One of my boats I had in college, um, uh, I had an issue where uh, I would crank the motor and the grass would turn off. And I have a little... Prior to that, I had some DC voltage knowledge just from um, my whole life. I've always tinkered on things, and I used to do high-end car audio um, installs and setups and um, used to and, and worked on other things like golf carts that had DC voltage, and that's kind of where I learned about wiring and how to, you know, mess around with those kind of those kind of things, and it was real easy. The first Sonar Pro's harness in, in college days was an orange extension cord I caught the ends off of to upgrade the wiring to my graph so they wouldn't dim out when I cranked the motor anymore. That's, um, that's what kind of kick-started kick me starting to rig buddies' boats, you know, and over the years just kind of evolved it. And then one day um, I, fig- I realized I could make, you know, some side money off of it because I had a W-2 corporate job and was always looking for ways to, to, to make some side money. And um, started doing installs out of my garage. The first year I did installs out of my personal garage, you know, I um, a bunch of my buddies made the Elite Series. So, like, I rigged Patrick's boat. I rigged Drew Cook's boat, Jake Whitaker's boat, Austin Felix's boat, um, and put a brand to it. And we just kind of ran with it. And now, we, you know, we've got a shop of ourselves. I've I got a shop. Uh, I think it's about 2,000-square-foot shop right now. I've got six employees. Um, we're working on building a 10,000-square-foot shop now. And, we pretty much specialize in high-end installs that not only are clean but done properly to get good pictures. Make sure your gra- you know, your battery lasts all day. Um, you know, myself, I am, I, I am very invested in relying on my electronics to catch fish. Because of that, um, that is transpired into our installs. So things are not only done from an aesthetic perspective, but done to be functional for tournament anglers. Um, our wiring harness was one. Of, it was the first one to hit the market, and it uh, is a home run style harness. There's a lot of companies out there making harnesses that are kind of like shared power. Um, the benefit to a home run essentially means that every device has its own individual power and ground. Everything has its own fuse. So there's nothing shared as far as power is concerned. It ensures the graphs run properly. Your batteries last long. Most importantly, it's all waterproof connections. We kind of 
go the extra mile. Our fuse assemblies are waterproof. Our connection process to the grass is waterproof. Um, so, you know, we specialize in our harness, installs, electronic sales, you name it, related to a bass boat, we can do it for the most part. It's awesome, man. And, and so many guys, on, on, no matter the trail, they're, they're running your harness. They bring their yep. boat to you from all over the country. Uh, I don't even know, even Justin Atkins. You help Justin Atkins be able to see fish, and I think that's amazing, the, the fact that you could do that, you know? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I, I, won't, I, won't say, I won't say what it is because I'm going to try to keep it a secret, but that, that device you installed on your boat, yes. Mr. Atkins has one now. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, here's the deal, bud. I broke mine um second yeah, I trip out i think i told you that yeah I, i've got to i've got to put a new mount on there i really uh the express trailer got the best of me uh after trying to put the boat on the trailer in the dark yeah, uh, fun fun fact that thing was pretty vital for me in practice this week i can imagine i can imagine yeah. and, and 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 look it's like everything else the people listening to this right now they're going please say what it is in about six months it'll be everywhere people are going to be doing it but uh right now i'm not saying anything. i mean if they uh if they pay attention to the live feed, they'll see it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it was uh, – I got to use it just for a day or two, and I was pretty freaking blown away, uh, to say the very least, on that deal. Dude, uh, speaking of Austin Felix, and I know you you and Austin are, are buds. Yeah, I've known yeah. Austin. Holy crap what happened to him last yeah, night with a, a, a Chicago bus <laughs> rear ends him. Like, holy cow, man. Just not glad good. he's okay. Yeah, he, he called me last night. He's like, dude, first off, congrats. But he was like, uh, I need you to be on standby tomorrow. And I said, why? He goes, look at your phone. And he sent me pictures of this freaking boat, you know, motor laying on the ground on the highway. Boat got pushed up into the truck. And, uh, I mean, his boat's totaled. And today, uh, I mean, testament to the you know, support crew he has, uh, Phoenix is, is bringing a boat up to him. And they're swapping everything off off of his boat onto that boat today so he he's already you know we've already been on texting a bunch back and forth of what should go where and kind of virtually walking him through the install process of, of, of where everything is and it's i mean it's super unfortunate because you know no different than the motor stuff i was dealing with something like that can really um you know, mess with your head going into a of tournament. Course. But, you know, how how could you not when, let it? How could you not let? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and Austin's a pretty even keel guy. And uh, but for me, I'd just be like, all right, I'm going back to Tennessee. Sorry, Bassmaster, I'm not coming to St. Clair. This is bullcrap. I mean, that it was nuts, dude. Yep. A freaking public bus knocked his freaking uh, Optimax and his Pro XS in the road. Crazy. Yeah, it's not good. And like I said, I, and like. Even though they're swapping everything over this boat, like, and I'm sure you you would understand this, and it's it's what I felt with this week, like, not fishing in your boat yeah. can affect you just as much too. Oh. Like the reason the the reason I decided to make the decision to just run out my boat as much as I could is even though I had friends willing to bring me loaner boats, it wasn't my boat. It wasn't what I was comfortable with. It wasn't what I knew. It wasn't the electronics I have. And just the the impact of not having your boat and your setup can be can be a a problem too. So I, I know man. Felix Felix is the number one they're going to a smallmouth fishery so I know he's going to do some damage but it, uh, obviously the day the, the, the night before or day before practice having to do this is not not ideal no not ideal in the least buddy but uh, just glad he's okay though for sure it's just 
Golly, that, so you want to be a bass pro. I say that on live all the time, but so you want to be a bass pro when you're out there in those big waves or you're out there trying to diagnose a problem with your engine or your electronics when you're in the middle of it. It's uh, it's always something, you know, everything we deal with is mechanical for the m- most part other than the electronics, and we put them to the test. Uh, you guys do at every single event, especially on a Great Lakes event, man. You're just you're gonna you're gonna push that thing to the rev limiter every single freaking time with every piece of equipment you got. And uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I, it's 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 awesome to see that you overcame all that this week to take the big cardboard check home, the Happy Gilmore check, and uh, and really, yes. if we're caught talking Happy Gilmore, you beat Shooter McGavin. You beat Shooter McGavin. Uh, Dealing with dealing with your engine was like when the uh, the tower fell across Happy's ball when he's trying to play. <laughs> think about that. One hundred percent. I didn't even think about that. Same I'm deal. gonna start calling. I'm gonna start calling shooter. Pat shooter going forward. I can very much hear him hear him telling the rest of the MPFL guys, "This is Shooter's tour. This is Shooter's year. Yeah, it's shooter's, shooter's tour." tour. <laughs> Actually, Shooter is more Todd Goad this year. On the MPFL at Progressive AOI, smashing. Todd is on a freaking roll, four top tens in a row. I mean, that's awesome. Unreal. I've known Todd like you have for a very long time, man. Long time. And uh, he's a he's a guy that always catches them. He's just a great veteran angler. But dude, he is putting it all together everywhere we he's, go this year. He's he's what I'll call. I, I, I've coined it the W two guys. He's one of those guys that. You know, like me for years and several other guys, you know, we've not had the opportunity till the MPFL. I'm not trying to make this sound like some MPFL plug, but it's yeah, the honest yeah. to God truth. It's giving guys the opportunity to show off their talents. The guys that have W2 jobs are able to do it now. And like the Todd Goads of the world are a perfect example. The guy's a W2 guy. You know, he's got a regular job like most people. and But he's showing that he can freaking make some money bass fishing. Uh, fishing against a, 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 a really good group of guys. Too. No doubt about it, man. It's it's going to be fun to see it go down the rest of this season. You got Lake Lanier circled, of course. We all do. Woo! We're 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 hoping we get to spend some time over Trent Palmer's shoulder there, and and I I suspect that yes. we will, buddy. Uh, well, dude, look for the second time today and the third time <laughs> in two days. Congratulations. Uh, I really yeah, do, I man. I, sin- I sincerely appreciate you always being kind to me, helping me out whenever I uh, need electronics advice and, and just being a solid dude. And I uh, appreciate you spending time with me, not once but twice today on Low Budget Live. <laughs> I appreciate it, Luke. All right, thank you, buddy. Yep. Trent Palmer, everybody. Trent Palmer. Awesome. Awesome guy. Awesome, uh, awesome angler. And, uh, Sonar Pros, go check them out. That's a, uh, I have no affiliation there other than he's a good dude. I've, I've ran their harness uh, for the last couple of years, and it's he's great people right there. Trent Palmer doing things the right way in life, and uh, and man, he got redemption over Saginaw Bay. But and again, I hate for it to be an MPFL commercial or feel like that. But it's uh, something I am passionate about, and I like talking to the, to the anglers that are so passionate about it as well. Something else I'm a passionate passionate about this show right here, obviously week in and week out. My commitment to keep bringing you low budget live, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and bass fishing, and really whatever the world got some things coming up. We're gonna uh, might try to to do some things different here on the show coming up with a little. It's just a teaser. A lot of different things. I'm 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 running through things in the old mind between these ears, which is scary. 
That's a scary place to be. Trust me, folks. But I uh, appreciate y'all. Low lifers each and every week tuning in. And uh, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go hang with my family. I'm going to go get some rest. And uh, I will see y'all next week for more Low Budget Live. I'll take you out with some Biloxi Blues. See y'all. July 31st. Kimmy. I turned it off. <laughs> Sweet. Spanish boss and Civil War ghosts. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows. I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name. And I don't care, no. And a spare Just a white line Gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to keep there Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern On Waypoint TV The destination for outdoor entertainment you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.